Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast, Contemporary Mind Podcast, brought to you by Andrew Pies himself. Today I have three, what, individuals, three of my best friends, one coming from um, Chicago and the other still in the Bay Area. Um, if you guys want to do a little introduction to yourselves. Wait, what? who's in Chicago? Uh, <laughs> you, have to, you have to introduce yourselves and let the... Let uh, Par- Pars is in Chicago. Pars is Actually, in- we, yeah. we should so all in Chicago. We should introduce ourselves as other people. Okay, fine. You can oh. do that. introduce each other. Let's see what you guys Wait a minute. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. All right. So Cody, Cody goes to Chicago. No, his his like stupid, <laughs> stupid school that, that's better no, than no, you're mine, supposed obviously. To, you're supposed to be Cody. Yeah, you're supposed to be. Oh, really? Okay. I go to Chicago. My school's very stupid and uh, apparently it has a really famous architecture building in it. He's just, uh, he's just jealous of the school he goes to. That's it. He's jealous of the school. So, wait, what school is this, Parsa? Let's go. This is the University of Stupid Chicago, obviously. Okay, interesting. Never heard of that school, but we'll search it up after this. Go ahead. Okay. My name is Parsa Mirza Ali Sheikh Razai. I like how you say it. I can never say it. I go to Cal. It was the only architecture program near me, so I decided to go. This is, uh, this is the reason why I didn't want to do this because now I can't be anyone else because you guys Andrew. chose each other. Be Andrew. Be Andrew. All right, I'll just be Andrew. Uh, I like I like I like building things. Okay, that's that's really great. Thank you. I love your passion <laughs> and your name. Cool name, dude. All right, cool my name. Turn, my turn. Is it is it my turn? That's my turn. What the heck? Oh, it's your uh, turn. You can okay. Go. You can go. I'll give you. Okay. Hello guys, welcome to the Pahai's podcast. Uh, here today I got a couple of people. I love to run podcasts. I definitely love to ask questions and do deep thinking. It's a, nice to meet you, but you already know who I am. It's the Pahai's himself. So glad to see that you're watching these videos and getting really or involved in all these comments and sessions. I really enjoy it and I love the appreciation. How's that? Thank you. Like Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> my turn. Hi, guys. My name is Dylan Johnson. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> you can catch me at the gym. Day. Um, I love to play video games. Uh, Final Fantasy is my favorite one right now. I'm actually going to be at that. If you guys want to add me, add me after this. We can play tonight, you know, 24-7. Other than that, though, I'm pretty slick with my words. I'm president of a state organization. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very important. Very important. So don't waste my time here. Uh, <laughs> I have a meeting to go to later today. But yeah. it's going to be great. Hey. That was the most <laughs> accurate Dylan I've ever heard. Um, but that's, that's for the introductions, guys. Thanks you for the introductions. Um, so we, we actually had a couple of questions that I sent out earlier today. But since it was like lack of preparation on my part <laughs> we're just going to start with one question and kind of see where that goes off all right so the first the only question that we're asking today is going to be um what's wait what is the question oh yeah, yeah what do you find you recently spent a lot of time wondering about anything my life your life that sounds very interesting i was gonna say something else <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what about your life? Do you wonder about? There has to be something specific, Parsa. Bro, like when you get weeks of barely anything to do and you just think about everything, uh, it, it gets deep. Like, uh, like your life goals, you know? You start to think like where you're going and, 
don't know. It's weird. Okay. Well, I mean, to build off that, one of the things that I've been wondering about is death. I don't know if you guys have thought about Oh, this. dude, all the time. Because of COVID-19 and because everything got happening around, I'm always thinking like, okay, who's going to get infected? One, <laughs> is one of my friends going to get infected? Two, how long is life expectancy now? Has it changed? Has the average changed? I don't know. You guys can go into that. Um, but for myself, you know, I already have like health issues. I got like high cholesterol. I'm like five foot five. I'm just kidding. It's not one. Uh, <laughs> no, you're five foot three. You're not five foot three, Cody. You are. <laughs> All right. You know what? Shots fired at me. Okay. I'm the, I'm the podcast guy. He fucks it. <laughs> oh my uh, God. But yeah, I need death. Death. Uh, I don't know. As we're getting older, it's like I'm starting to appreciate things more, but only because I think that everyone's just going to die out at one point in time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I catch myself just thinking, okay, am I bad? Like when I'm sleeping, I'm like, oh man, who should I like appreciate more? Should I appreciate Cody because he's older than me and he's going to die sooner? <laughs> <laughs> he's tall too. Tall people die faster. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that a common statistic? Yep, yep. Is it really? Yeah. That's not you true. Should, you should cite it in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> okay, comment down below um, on this YouTube video if you think older people die first. Did you say older people <laughs> die taller. first? Taller <laughs> <laughs> people die first. Taller people. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Do older people die first? I don't know. <laughs> Good question. Good, good <laughs> question. Okay, there. Hold on. Real quick, I'm gonna defend my side. Younger people are just stupid. So ignorant and stupid. But like, so were older people at some point. <laughs> True, but they they passed their test. You know what I mean, they're old and wise. <laughs> they uh, only get here if they were smart. So are you that, saying that, that still doesn't that make sense? But are are you saying that because someone is old that they must necessarily be wise? I think for majority. I'm not talking for all. Really? I'm talking for the majority. Yeah. I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with that because, like, we have to really, really define, you know, like in terms of like they didn't do anything stupid, but they didn't do anything to be wise either. Like, you can be in a middle ground where where you're not like you know doing necessary things that will kill you but you're not doing anything to increase where you're going in terms of like your wisdom or knowledge so you're kind of like just stagnant for your entire life i mean it's like you it, it could depend on what aspect of life you're talking about yeah, it, sure you know like if we're talking about i don't know maybe career if in a specific career if you're going down like let's say for, for example finance someone who's older definitely has been in that career field for a very long time compared to like a youngie, that in comparison to, you know, you, you can find that person to be wise. But if it's like, let's say, I don't know, something. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even necessarily agree with that. Why not? Because the, I mean, not, not everybody, but there are definitely people who could have gained wisdom over that time, but be ignorant to some of the, the newer things that are happening in terms of like, trends and and like say like in an industry or you know technology different things like that and so what maybe were what maybe is being counted as wisdom 
no longer has the same efficacy. And so, you know, is it then wisdom at that point if it doesn't necessarily, you know, still have the same impact? Like, if, you know, if you were, if you started out in like the 1980s when, you know, we didn't have the same technology and then now you're trying to do the same thing, it's going to be vastly different, you know? And so maybe they have general wisdom in terms of life, but in terms of skills, it may be, you know, a little bit different. So I think it depends on the situation. For sure. Also, also every generation becomes smarter than the last one because new technologies like internet, um, like obviously my kids are going to be way smarter than me. They're going to know a lot more than me. That and also uh, there's a lot of delusions going on right now. I, I see a lot of people being ignorant, like you said, about certain things. Um, hey, man, the world is flat. No, just kidding. <laughs> the world is, Dude, that's the biggest one. <laughs> like, okay, around me, I'm surrounded by smart people. I'm so glad for that. But then I see like you, you see, there, I see a lot of people in in like other parts of the world or other parts of the country. Seriously, they believe the world is flat. flat. It, it's crazy. That's hey, man. I, I, the I, I, moon I, I, is just a holographic projection from the government. From the government. <laughs> yeah, and apparently we <laughs> never went to the moon, so who knows? <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold on. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I have a question though. Okay, going back to what Cody said, because like the whole 1980 comparison and the you know wisdom, kind of having to adapt to modern day times. You're saying, Parsa, that your your kids will be smarter than you in the future. Oh, for sure. For sure, hundred percent, right? For sure. So actually, right. to add on to that. Because like uh, what you brought up is that you know the knowledge of a scholar around like. 50 years ago is just common knowledge on a high school level that's yeah. kind of like you have to take that in for a second it's like what scholars would learn and study about 50 years ago is now being taught in elementary to high school level on a daily basis so my and question, that's why my question is that do we still call those scholars wise well, it's kind of like they came up with those ideas, so we can't really necessarily take away. We know them as well as they do now, but we maybe even a little bit more. But what we would identify knowledge is like by intelligence is taking something that, you know, like a piece of information and working around that information to kind of capture that into knowledge itself. Uh, that's kind of more intelligence. It's not like how much you know. It's it's about how much that you can take in and then work around it in your mind. That's kind of more what knowledge is about. So yeah, usually I mean, you yeah. oh go for it. No, I was gonna, I was gonna say you know if you're talking about wisdom that that is more of an accumulation of knowledge. But if we're talking about intelligence, obviously you know I would say the people who came up with these original theories 50 years ago had some you know ability to synthesize knowledge and connect the dots in a way that no one else could yeah. and so now we look back and we say oh that was so obvious but when that person discovered it no one else thought that was obvious and so they yeah, had to take a very like you know contrarian stance and be like actually i think it's like this and here's why and then they proved it or they you know provided evidence that showed that that was the case so I think that's the time. They're really smart. There's there's intelligence, but there's also being able to use that intelligence. And and then like Einstein, oh my God, he had both. Yeah. This guy. Well, that's what, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like I mean, it's one thing to be like intelligent from 
you know, an academic sense, like you go to class and you get really good grades and like, it's really easy for you to like operate in that environment. But then there's a completely different type of intelligence where you can take, again, like kind of like the information around you and connect the dots in, in a way that like no one else really sees. And that's usually what leads, you know, to some of those more like interesting studies or not studies, but interesting kind of like findings is because they kind of saw something, they, they saw something that no one really, that no one else really saw. Yeah. Yeah. Wisdom yeah. I feel is almost like gaining knowledge about how to operate within society and like life and success, but having this like raw intellect or whatever you want to call it, that some of these people that discovered um, like findings had, that's like almost the opposite of that because they had to go against convention in order to like figure that out because most most like things that are especially in science it's like someone says something and everyone's like what we thought it was this how you're you're so wrong and then they get like you know all these people say they're wrong for like five years then finally it comes out as true and then everyone's like oh actually yeah we knew you were you know so it's it's almost like the opposite in a way how do you feel about um people saying you're wrong based on their religion like because because like you don't believe in God, I'm not saying you don't, but if you didn't, like some people would be like, you're just wrong. And I don't know, how does that make you feel? Uh, what do you mean? Like um, they believe something and they're trying to push it on you, basically. What, can you give us like a situation, a scenario? Yeah, like, uh, like I said, like to an atheist, uh, I don't know, I'm not an atheist either, I'm like agnostic, but like, people being like you're just wrong god exists look at all the signs or or vice versa god doesn't exist this and that you're just wrong well i don't i mean i don't know because i i definitely think that not there are definitely things that we don't understand and that can't even be like actual like the idea that everything has to have evidence like i don't think that everything has to have evidence i think that sometimes it's like almost like a like an intuition almost. Mm. And so, I mean, anybody pushing anything on you for any reason, it's, you know, they, they believe something so strongly that, you know, they think that they should say, Hey, Parsa, this is what I believe. You know, I mean, just like if you believe, if you had done the research and the evidence and, and had that, and you still, if you push it on someone, it's still, you know, evidence and research can also be, again, like so many things that we had scientific like evidence for that then got disproved later. It's just at the moment, that's what we think is the best answer to the question. But it's that's constantly changing. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it definitely what we believe in. So that's like nothing that should be pushed on. What we believe in is what maybe helps us work through life better or maybe helps us be happier. It's just like a personal thing, you know? No, I always think about it, like take it with a grain of salt when someone says something along the lines of that because they have a proven kind of agenda that they're kind of you know, going along with those lines. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, one, one thing you take it with a grain of salt when someone's trying to say this is serious uh, because it's not really true because, or well, it's not really proven. Uh, not true is it could be true. In fact, like I always think about the two sides of the coin. It's like you can prove something wrong and you can prove something right. But we don't know that. Like maybe 50 years when we're dead or something, or even further along, they either prove that a deity or gods exist, or a god exists, or they disprove everything. 
it's very possible that we won't even be alive when that happens. So you just have to like take that sort of information with like a grain of salt and say like, hey, we don't actually really know, but they I mean, believe it. Technically, you're right. When we die, we do find out because like, sure we there, you know, we all find out as people. <laughs> yeah. And somehow Parsa took that back to death. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come back to tell everyone. Yeah, actually, I had something to say about the earlier question, uh, but we got sidetracked. Uh, for for one, I I honestly don't think that older people means wiser people. I feel like you have the ability to accumulate knowledge because of years and time, but that doesn't mean that you are presently listening to the information that was coming to you. Think about someone who listens on a daily basis, who listens every single day to the people around him, who identifies what he believes and he actually analyzes the data that comes at him but then you have an adult that kind of like ignored doing that for like 40 years so you know in that sense it's not about like you are smarter because you're older you have the ability to obtain more knowledge because you had more opportunity and more time to work with but that doesn't necessarily mean anything about why or like how smart are you so I would never really say uh, an older person is a wiser person or one with more knowledge. I just think that they have the ability to have the uh, time to use that knowledge if they chose to. Uh, mm. But we are not sure until you talk to them, you know? So can you give me an example of like a person who, who's not necessarily wise and more like the person that you're speaking about, I'm, I'm envisioning someone who's like super ignorant to everything and anything around them, right? I think it's best not to name anyone, but I want to use this yeah. example, AI. Let me tell you about uh, how AI or uh, at least like what we have machine learning right now works. Um, it's basically like a mini brain, right? And the more, the better you program it to learn, the better it learns, obviously. But also the data you feed it, as the data is better, it learns better things, so it becomes smarter. So it's like two things, right? Like I said, intelligence and how you process it. And those two are very important. Someone could be a genius, absolute genius, yeah. but he's just in an environment that just doesn't teach him that well. Um, like maybe he's surrounded by flat earth believers. He's going to believe the earth is flat too at some point, right? So that's, that's like very important, um, what you get, what you receive, also how you process it. So yeah, like some people have both and are lucky, like, um, uh, like a genius at Harvard, right? He's, he's really smart and he's learning the, from the best people, right? So that's, uh, that's, that's, that's really important to know like, so wait, how can, to become smart. Can anyone be... Are we, so we're talking about wisdom or are we talking about intelligence? Uh, both. There's like, wait, wait, no. yeah. intelligence is kind of wisdom, isn't it? So, so what we're talking about is like intelligence is their opportunity to interpret the data that they're given. And it, wisdom is more like the accumulation of it towards, a, you know, as a whole. Um, that would probably be where we're defining the lines at for this conversation. There's probably, um, there's more that we can talk about for each, but I think this is where the conversation is going. Uh, so like a person can be very knowledgeable, very intelligent, uh, or actually very intelligent, as I should say, uh, but just not very knowledgeable because of what 
sort of education they receive. And I do, I do have to agree on that point. I, I just want to add, like, maybe, you know, even Harvard graduates, like, if they weren't surrounded by, you know, the information that they necessarily needed to succeed or fully utilize their potential, mm -hmm. then even a harder graduate can come out and still feel like they've attained no job and haven't progressed and be, their, their knowledge is limited. So you can be in great uh, like areas, but you know, you, if you're not accumulating that knowledge, it, it's not going to be, you know, helpful for you. And, and going back to what you were saying, like the, with the surroundings, like if you were a person who grew up with no, you know, books or anything like that, you didn't have textbooks, you you just had to listen to people by you know ear and everything, uh, then although you may end up questioning stuff, you'll never have all those answers because you didn't have the opportunity to read about all these different stuff that would get you the more knowledge you need. And so you can work with your intelligence. So I, I think that's the three defining things is, is we have intelligence, we have knowledge, and we have wisdom. The only thing I, 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 will, I will say about this whole idea of, of Harvard, um, <laughs> since U Chicago is, is a similar type of school, what, what really sets apart that kind of uh, institution from, from what I've experienced and what I've seen isn't, isn't the knowledge that you gain because when it really comes down to it, if I were to read any context book here, they probably have any context book somewhere else. So it's not necessarily the knowledge, it's, it's the people that you are surrounded with and the ability to interact with other people who either have like the certain type of of either just mindset or experiences or something about them that led them to come to whatever institution that is. And so being able to interact with those kind of people and, and kind of build ideas together is, is definitely, you know, what's way more valuable than, than the actual like classroom education that you're getting. And that's what really, for most of those types of schools, that's kind of what sets them apart are those, are those like peer to peer interactions and, and even the interactions with, you know, again, not the material, but the, the professor who's actually teaching that material that, you know, most likely is an expert in their field and is able to go beyond like what the textbook says in your class and really kind of, you know, help students start to, you know, not just, oh, I'm going to read this textbook and then I'm going to memorize this answer, but like actually to develop a, a way of critically thinking about the concept and, and applying that to the real world and developing frameworks and, and all this, this other stuff that's like very intangible and a lot of people don't necessarily um like you like if you just took a class like online or whatever you wouldn't necessarily get that because there's not really an interaction you're, you're gaining the skill or the knowledge or whatever it is but you're not having these interactions and you're not having your your ideas and your thoughts challenge which helps build up your ideas and your thoughts and helps you critically think and kind of think on the spot and learn to like defend those ideas which i think also helps when you you know go off to whatever career or you know if you stay in academia or something like that Mm. yeah <laughs> it's people I, I definitely agree with that actually it's just a, a lot of it is like the surroundings and the access to you know knowledge which is always different everywhere yeah i agree mindset is very important too it's probably the most important dude i've okay with you guys talking this one's like <laughs> i've had so many like thoughts come into my head and outside of my head uh but like the one one of the things that one thing about the harvard thing that we were talking about and Cody you mentioned a little bit is that it's not really about the knowledge that's brought there because everyone can obtain it at this day and age it's more the individuals that come together 
and have that same work ethic and the same mindset and that same drive. Um, the one thing that I questioned about that, and it's really, I don't know, this is going off a whole different tangent, but it's like, it's funny how, I don't know if you guys noticed, noticed this too, but how society puts us in narratives that we don't see or expect. Like, for example, they put us into classes, right? Prestige classes. Cody, you go to UChicago, right? And then for me, I'm about to go to East Bay. So they're two completely different environments, um, but society already grades that person on where they go, by what school they go to and everything. And that kind of defines your narrative of your own life, right? Like we don't, we don't see it, but like for me, I'm going to be in an environment going off what Parson said, like I'm in an environment, not, let's say, like I was literally about to say, not prestigious enough compared to you, Chicago. See, that's already a narrative in itself. I'm going to a school that's not prestigious enough as you Chicago is to, you know, in, in your environment. And that's saying the narrative for my life to be not maybe as successful or as great as your life could possibly, possibly be. Does that make sense? So I, I kind of want to identify where exactly this kind of like idea is coming from, like the whole set narrative and like the whole perspective of like prestige itself. Uh, I, I think it comes in the fact that when you are speaking to someone, you want someone who had very similar backgrounds towards you. So that's kind of established prestige when those with similar backgrounds come from wealthy and successful areas. Because the wealthy and successful uh, would want to help those that have similar backgrounds, that establishes prestige because they continuously support those from that background. So let's look and identify, like you said, like industries and like prestigious terms of school. Like when you're getting hired at work or something like that, they would often ask you the question of where did you go to school? And that actually matters with your interviewer because if you went to a good school, like a prestigious school, they would find a similarity in that. They would identify their traits in you as something like hardworking, very knowledgeable, things that they feel like they have, and they project that onto you. And that's why they only choose from those places. And that comes to a sense of not just in like when you're getting hired, but in a lot of different areas. And that's where we establish like royalty and prestige is that similarity. Uh, they identify that connection. And that's pretty much kind of the idea that we're, we're working with is that we have this narrative around us because of society that happened even before us. Uh, we can just be born into this sort of scenario uh, or actually we're all born into this scenario where those in the more successful and uh you know more wealthy areas they they will support those in their background with their similarities because they want their narrative to happen again uh so that's kind of where we're identifying this prestige from now now let's kind of like delve back into the question of andrew because we're now we're just kind of like laying out the foundation of what this prestige is coming from why is it a narrative uh so like let's identify exactly is the narrative good? Is the narrative bad? I and mean, things like that. I mean, something you said reminded me of something I, I told a friend one time. Um, like this friend was really worried about like how she's not doing as well as some other people, how she's not getting uh, the same internships as other people. And I told her, stop, like you have a different path than other people. You were born, you, you started your path at a different place and your path is also a different direction than them. 
maybe they were born into a rich family maybe maybe their dad has a bunch of connections maybe uh they, maybe they're just like like a like a machine learning program that just was fed better data maybe they were surrounded by very smart people who knows but we start at different places and our paths are very different so i every time i hear someone compare themselves to someone else i just tell them stop and just tell them this whole thing because it's just wrong you, you shouldn't ever compare yourself with anyone i think it's very important for people to know that I have a question actually for everyone and uh, as I was listening to this I was thinking like is it fair to help those who are similar to you and if so how much is is too much what do you mean think, like if you were to help only people that had a similar heritage towards you is that fair and is it our right to do it? And how much is it all right to do that? Is there a limit? If there is none, then that's fine. But if there is some, what would that be? Okay. Uh, because there's always that line that says like, oh, you can help people, but not that much. Oh, what is that much? If we are going to identify there is a limit. So, Very subjective. Yeah, no, that's what I, I want to ask. <laughs> I, I think in general the concept of fairness itself is very subjective yeah <laughs> what all of us think are fair is fair is probably very different mm -hmm. so that's a very i get the question but that's i mean we yeah, could no. literally all say something like yeah that. that's why i want to well we're not looking for right answers yeah. i don't think we all have it i just want to ask you guys for your opinions are you talking about like for example like a specific example ethnicity kind of groups where the same ethnic groups go into like the same type of fields and same type of like organizations and they help each other out in that kind of manner are you talking about I see that like, everywhere too. you're similar in demographics whether it's wealth knowledge uh school uh you know family life uh you could be very similar to someone who's like you had divorced parents so you want to help someone else who had divorced parents you had parents so you want to help someone else who had parents things like that demographics that fit in each category is it all right to help each one because like and if you're bringing up this idea that like in demographics it says wrong to help one demographic over the other like ethnicity you can't touch but in terms of like wealth and schooling you're that's fair game so is there like a difference between those two really hard to say I mean, it's a it's a good all right it was a, a good question i had in my head i just wonder like huh i'm like question i'm like now my head is just saying fair fair is it fair <laughs> is it fair for the all right I'll, I, andrew i'll give you i'll give you an example and you let me know if it's uh if it's fair let's say let's say i'm working somewhere one day okay. and uh no let's not choose a personal example okay let's say you go to let's say you go to interview somewhere right yeah. and uh you go to sit down to interview and you start like the guy's like oh the person is like oh andrew like where are you from like tell me about yourself mm -hmm. you're like oh i'm from san ramon i went to doherty valley high school and then he's like oh no way i went to doherty valley too i'll make sure you get the job like mm -hmm. is that fair like that kind of i think that's that's what we're getting at here it could be a million different th things but for someone to be like, oh, you went to the same school as me, or oh, we're both from the same town, or you know, you went to 
uh, I don't know, some restaurant when you were a kid that I used to go to my family. And so like we have this, this connection and I'm, because of that, I am now going to make sure that I hire you regardless of, you know, your skill set or your qualifications. And I'm not going to even like necessarily take into account someone else somewhere or yeah, someone else because, Oh, we're from the same city or high school or. You know, let, me, let me give you this example. Um, <laughs> Let me answer Cody. Wait, is it easier? Wait, no, no. Answer this one. Okay, Cody, Cody, Cody. You have an apple, right? You have an apple. And you have two friends. One of your friends you can relate more with and like you, you have more in common with. Your other friend, you just became friends, right? So you give this apple to the friend that you're closer with. This is exactly the same example, but simpler. Now, is that fair? You know what I would do? Yep. I'd cut it in half. And it would <laughs> yeah, you no, can't you, cut a job you, in half. You, just, uh... Well, you said an apple, so. Yeah, oh, I got that. All right. Yeah, who you got Let's about. say you couldn't cut it in half. It's a indestructible apple. Oh, shoot. Why are you giving it to the friend then? He's going to bite yeah, into it. He's going to break half, his teeth. How are going to eat it? Decoration only. <laughs> Oh shoot! Okay. Oh, so it's a gift. I think it's necessary for for that kind of stuff to happen because without those certain situations happening, and yeah, I could be wrong. I'm probably not even thinking of like the whole picture here. It's, it's just, just your opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there, there's yeah, yeah. certain like trust factors that can be built in that situation that builds relationships and bigger things along the way for you know other things to have like a bigger picture to happen which is why those situations of you picking and being you know favorable towards another party or like your best friend from the same demographic is a whole necessary thing right because if, if that doesn't happen right let's say you are required to be fair or whatever i don't know if that whatever that means in that situation and like you do it based off of i don't know um what you do based off of like some measurable data it's well, just, like you, you would say that you uh, are are very similar in just like where you came from or like your opinions and such. But yeah, I mean, yeah, same demographic, same opinion, same everything. It's like there's this certain factor that you're not taking into account, and I think that's like that personable relationship. You know what I mean? Like, but it, you're but you're only gonna have what you perceive as a personal relation, personable relationship because they're from the same place. But you don't necessarily know that you're going to actually get along with them when you work with them or that their competency or their way of working is going to mesh well with your organization or with yourself. You're just making that assumption because of this like bias that people have towards, you know, people that are similar to them. Well, they, I agree with you to an extent, and it depends on the situation, like we said, we're talking about. If it's like a work environment situation, then yes. Right, you have that. You have bias, and you know you don't even know the work ethic. It could be like trash for all we know, and the company can go falling down. Right, like it's like okay, you just fucked yourself up. But if it's farces, for example, like the apple, right, you get like an apple situation, like that goes a long way. That goes a long yeah. way, rather because it's it the the value in just giving an apple rather than the position, right? It's just it goes different paths, different ways. Well, right. I mean, but but that's also you know a gift. And obviously, if I have a gift, it's most likely going to go to my friend, not to some random person. But a job so you know, is a little question, bit different. My question to that is, how are we helping this person? Like, going off to Dylan's question, how are we helping 
the same demographic. Like, how, what are we, what are we doing? This? What action are we doing? I guess if we're going with the job route, it's like you're giving them an opportunity that they normally wouldn't have uh, and, and giving them access to get that job. So, like, I, I always think about it the same background because, like, I, for me, I went to community college. So I think I would be more enticed to support someone in a community college if they were trying to get a job at whatever business that I was going to be a part of. You know, and, and is that fair to you for that? And, and now, now I'm gonna we we worked along with this. Now I want to like add into it because I was bringing up this idea: is it fair to do that? And I'm I'm thinking that the general consensus is it, it's kind of fair. It's like it's limiting there. But now we're going to add into the, say the plate. It's like another demographic needs or has an established need for the other. You know, the opportunity. So is it fair to give those to who were similar to you, had very similar backgrounds and connect well with you than those that need the position? I, mean, I, like think, uh, I think this isn't even like that big of a deal because in America, you can go to get different uh, recruiters, right? Um, so if one recruiter is being stupid, um, just not picking the smart people, then just go to another one and his business is going to get hurt because he didn't get you. So in the end of the day, like, I he's the one getting hurt. I wouldn't necessarily do that. I feel like that's ideal, but I, I mean, definitely yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's ideal, but I feel like, I mean, especially in, in some businesses where, you know, there's a lot of interaction with, with clients, like Dylan was saying earlier, it goes back to this idea of people want to work with people that are very similar to them, or at least that they assume are similar to them. And so if they choose someone who... Like, for example, since we were, someone mentioned like finance and stuff earlier, like consulting, any of those like client relations type roles, if you have someone who, you know, maybe isn't on paper on whatever the most intelligent or most whatever, but they have this appearance that, you know, they can relate more to the client that they're talking to, then that may actually end up making, having more business for the firm because it's going to kind of put like someone else at ease. Like, oh, this person is very similar to them. Oh, we went to the same, again, we went to the same high school, we went to the same whatever. And like, in that capacity, that might, may end up having an impact. It just, I think it just really depends on what we're talking about. Um, but the question that Dylan was asked is basically what every uh, college admissions officer has to answer every, every year about, <laughs> if we let in this person because, you know, they come from this background and we know that they, you know, I don't know, they're similar or whatever. Or do we let this other person in who, you know, going to college would literally alter the entire trajectory of their like their life because coming from their background a college degree has way more benefit than the person that's already wealthy and is going to get a good college degree because it's not going to have as much like benefit you know i think they're more looking for what you can give them to like if you have more potential and you become rich then you can donate back to their school so that's what they're looking for it's kind of a selfish kind of society i think so mostly people look for things to do that would give them back something either it being feeling good or money or something well i want to touch more on that idea of feeling good because like you feel good now that you've changed someone's life uh more than you just you know got more money like and then we have to establish like if we're going with like admissions offices like 
things like you know hiring processes or anything around the lines of like positions and stuff like that like we gotta identify that like there's the you know i'll get more money but then also i'll feel good because i just impacted someone's life is it well i also think that you know if we want to you know stay with the the cynical idea of like what benefit do we get out of it even if we're looking at the same situation you know in theory, you would think that the person who, like, for instance, that came from, you know, a disadvantaged background and now gets to go to college and especially like, you know, college is going to really change their life. They probably would feel almost like more motivated to get back to that school because that school would have had a bigger impact on their life. Whereas someone that already has wealth and goes to that school, again, it's not going to have as big of an impact on their life because they're already wealthy. And so why would they feel the need to, to get back as much? as the person who, you know, owes their, or in, in their mind at least, owes their success to being able to go to whatever school it was and from there propel themselves into, you know, whatever level of success they attain. That's a good point. There's a, and there's always the idea that does it even matter if we, we achieve something in the end? Maybe their job is not defining towards, you know, how the school is determined this is just our own interpretation of it uh it is very possible like they have a very different process to why they're choosing like the, like a check mark system they, like they say like oh does this meet all the requirements and they have to follow a specific guideline something like that uh but we're just kind of like trying to break into the mind of like people who need to establish like oh is it someone better is it better to get someone who has a need or someone who has the background necessary um, and that's kind of like a good question. And I just want to identify what's the mindset of going into that? Like, how tough is it to decide something like that? And is there any way to like view it differently so we can help in that? I can tell you, we, before I came to school, we had to do this, uh, this like exercise where we essentially acted as admissions officers and we got like a list of like 12 people all with different backgrounds, different stats, different everything. And we had to choose. And I can tell you right now that was incredibly difficult because, you know, it's like you see the person who came from, you know, a background, you're like, oh, I really want to help that person. But then there's the other person who has like the perfect GPA and SAT score and like did some crazy thing in high school. And you're like, oh, well, that person, you know, and it's, it's so hard to make that decision, I feel. And especially as an admissions officer where it's not like, you're not the final decision. You have to also, you know, bring up your, your decisions to someone else who then says, Oh, actually I don't like that person. Or I don't, you know, and it's, and at the end of the day, it's also, I mean, you're just looking at a piece of paper. It's, there's no interview. There's no conversation with that person. You're basing it off of this application that, you know, they could have had, you know, again, if they came from a wealthy background, they could have had someone who sat down with them and said, Hey, I've done this for 30 years. This is kind of how you should word this and how you should explain this so that it, it shows best through in your application. These are the classes you should take. This is like there. And it's so, and it's so hard. It's like this almost like become, I don't want to call it a game, but like kind of in a way where you it's, it's all about like, it's not necessarily about you. It's about how you portray yourself on your application. Yeah, true. Uh, that's a good point. It's kind of sad though, because some people just, like I said, aren't surrounded by people who can tell them those, you know, secret secrets, I guess. So it, it's, in the end, 
barely anything is fair in this world. Well, again, and that's, and that comes back to the same, this, this concept of like the background you come from, because, you know, if, again, if you come from like a privileged, privileged background, then you probably have access to all those resources, or at least, you know, your parents, you know, probably went to college and you can talk to them about, you know, how to look at colleges and all that stuff. But if you didn't, all of a sudden you don't have those resources and you're having to figure it out on your own and it's, it's different. So, you know, as an admissions officer, I feel like you kind of have to like take that into account a little bit when you're looking at an application and be, okay, you know, this person comes from a different background, you know, did they have the resources to know to take, you know, the SAT at this time and then take it again here and then have it, pre you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of like nuances to the college applications kind of process that I think it's, it's really hard for just a person without that background to just, you know, go pick it up and, and figure it out, especially like while you're in high school. I mean, I feel like that's a, that's a tough thing to just expect, um, you know, someone who hasn't had that experience to just kind of figure out. Yeah, considering all these, I think you should just do your best. Never compare yourself with anyone. So long your life is improving. Like that's all that matters. Like, you should be happy about that because we're all born into in, in different places. We have different paths. So it doesn't really matter what you have or what you can get so long. You're just doing your best and, you know, never give up. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna add. Let me let me oh, ask a question though. Go right? for it. Next question. So there, there are those type of people in the world, right? And we've all done this, but who say that we don't have that type of access to blank and blank resource, right? Is that a valid excuse in this day and age? Um, mm. I mean, it's is, a fact. I don't think it's an excuse. You said, is that a valid? Is it an excuse? Is it not an excuse? Is it valid for people to say that? Like, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an excuse at all. And I, and I think it's like, I mean, you could like, let's assume, okay, someone that comes from a background where, you know, neither of their parents went to college, they went to a high school that isn't in like a nice area and where a lot of their uh, classmates aren't going to college. Even if they have access, even if they have access to the resources, they still have to know what to look for to even find those resources. And if no, if, if they, I mean, imagine if you just grew up like that as a high school and you're so used to a certain way of living and, you know, no one really goes to, um, no one goes to college. So you don't even know that's a viable option. And so all of a sudden it's like, without someone saying, Hey, did you know that this is kind of how this is an option for you? Like you have to know that before you can then go and find the resources because if you don't know what you're looking for, it doesn't matter if you have access to everything in the world because you won't know to look for it. And so I think that's what it is because if there's no, you know, it's like, again, if you come from a background where like both your parents went to college, they're probably going to say, Hey, make sure you do this, make sure you do that. We have to get you ready for college. That's like the next step. And it's almost assumed that if you like that, you're going to do that. Whereas if you don't come from that background, it's almost the assumption you're not going to do that and you're going to do something completely different. And so I think, I think that environment you know, and unless you just, ha again, if, and that's why I think it's like really important for, you know, some, some younger people who um, are in that environment, if they find some sort of mentor who has that experience and kind of like, you know, shows them the opportunities that are out there besides what they're used to. Yeah. No, I, well, I think one, one, I apologize for saying excuse that, that word in itself. The only reason why I use that is because it triggers a lot of <laughs> a lot of emotion when that that word is used excuse especially when it comes to resources in life like you know accessibility to different things 
Um, but I, the reason why I say that is also because there are people in the world that do use that, you know, excuse like very like entrepreneurs who are super wealthy and successful who say do it on your own and you can find your resources and all that stuff you you guys know what i'm talking about like you go on instagram and everything like there's no such thing as any excuse right no matter where you grew up no matter where you came from like everything's there everything's at your disposal but from what you were from what you were coming at it's like you one we can have all the resources in the world but have no guidance on how to use it right you have no direction on like okay what schools are best for me and what I want, right? And so I definitely agree in terms of like, yeah, it, it there. I I wouldn't say it's an it's an excuse because I'm pretty sure it's super valid, especially in my situation where like, you know, I live in a very wealthy neighborhood, right? But it individually, like from where I'm coming from, I may not have like the best guidance or like no knowledge of where to go or what direction to take. In certain situations we all have different lives right here i'm gonna give you my best advice here here it goes okay imagine life being like a game right like grand theft auto i don't know um what do you do in that game to actually play it well right you get to know uh, you, you, to, you run over people uh, hey i played you get to learn how to play it you get Sorry. to learn how things uh react and and what what other players are like Right, you get to learn the game first, right? And now I think I'm gonna be bold and say this is an excuse. When you say that you don't even want to get to learn the game, Cody, you said something really important. You said uh, we all get and you know we we all have different opportunities. Some people have more, some people have less, but but we can all learn the game. Like it's it's given. Like it's you're not you're not held back from it. You can always ask people questions. You can always just look how life works, I guess. And then you can find things that you can do, like opportunities. Um, who knows? Maybe there is this, this person in your life that's, uh, that's, that knows the secret to being, uh, being successful. And if you never ask them questions, then you're never going to know it. So I think it's an excuse not to get to know that, uh, that game. I have a I have a another metaphor to go off your video game metaphor. Okay, and after so, that, I want to speak. <laughs> so, but to go off of that, what about the people who uh, start out in life with uh, a cheat code to go off your video game reference? You yeah, know, it's uh, people have different lives, different paths. We we start at different places, so it's never good to compare yourself with others. Just so long you're improving, so long your today is better than yesterday. That's all that matters. But if we're if we're still talking, like to go back to the job example or the college admissions example, if I mean that is literally a comparison. Like that admissions officer is saying, here's two people. If one person started off way ahead of the game, how can you compare that to someone who came from a different background, but they're both still applying? Like there yeah. has there has to be some sort of like what's the you know yeah. what's the differentiator what are you like how do you make that decision okay. the person that started with fewer things they're gonna have less money in the end okay they're gonna have less uh, like a not as good of a job okay but that doesn't matter because you start somewhere different and you're gonna end up with something different um like okay. Like you could be harder working and you could kind of catch up to them, but it's just reality that uh, you, you start at different places. Now you could do something else though. You could get your life to 
to somewhere better than it was when you were born and you can make a better life for your children you can make a better situation a better starting point for your children so then it will be more fair for them so yeah so but basically actually, i will actually want to add into this idea really quickly before anything because like now, now that you said that like because it, it just clicked in my head like this idea like when when i put it in the game perspective and you have a little head start yeah, yeah, yeah I, I understand. It's like a lot of things are making sense. <laughs> as funny as that sounds, um, but yeah, it, it's just kind of like when you, when you look at it, like there's there's certain jobs where your job is to compare. That is kind of like your job as a person in society is to compare two different people or several different people in that case, and then you have to decide on which one. So it's like. I, I was thinking about that picture is like, you know, that game start like when you're right here, like how do you evaluate that difference? And because everyone grows, some people can grow exponentially, but if you had like a hardworking person right here and a hardworking person right here, their growth is going to be very different from each other. So as an admission office, you have to evaluate, is that difference fair? And if I give him the jump start, will it, will it be worth it? Or if I give this person the jump start, where would they end? So it's kind of like that evaluation. I, I, I'm just kind of like thinking about it in my head and I know there's no correct answer, but I, I think, uh, you know, that there's fair points in both sides. Cause I, I to be honest, I agree a, a lot with Parsa on, you know, the view is just like, you know, the access and knowledge is more apparent than any time before. Um, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's an excuse to say that you're not working, like, because you're not knowledgeable enough because you didn't have opportunity, but I don't think it's valid either. I, I think, uh, you know, it, it would be kind of in the lines of, like, you know, your story started because of this, um, and it's not valid because there is opportunity you can grasp at the something that you may not likely to see uh during interviews they ask you a question of how lucky are you from a scale to one to ten and that actually is an interview question to check your perspectives on how you view opportunities uh if people who state that they are tense uh with luck they are more likely to spot opportunities and be more involved than different things than someone who had said a lower number. So that's kind of where you would want your perspectives to play into that part. Now I do, I do imagine like, uh, I'm not saying that like you're, uh, if you're born in a, a place that doesn't have very good access to knowledge or you don't have a guide or something like that, that's not difficult. But I definitely want to bring up this idea that your perspectives play a large role into where you see opportunity. Uh, so it, it's a bit of both, I would say. It's like you can be have the access to all the knowledge in the world, but you could be a one and you can feel like, oh, I, I don't have anything, so I'm not going to do it. And that's how you throw your life away. Uh, and then there's on the other side where, you know, you, you have very limited opportunity, but you're like a 10. So you grab it everything that you can. And then you make more than the person who had nearly every opportunity available to them, but they just couldn't uh, feel the need to see it. So there is those kinds of sides. And then what gets it more mixed up is the people who are more in the middle, not a, not a 10, not a one. They're like, you know, an eight or like a four and stuff like that. And then the pool of opportunities is different. And that's where like the confusion comes in because it's not black and uh, white. It's, it's all shades of gray.
So that's kind of what I want to play in this, uh, you know, conversation. Is that I, I think it's a lot of like the pool of opportunity and the perspective. Yeah, but how much of your perspective is shaped by the environment you come from? If all you ever see is the people that, that try to grasp opportunity, if all you see is that they fail, then how are you going to develop a perspective that you can somehow be different than everybody else and succeed? I think perspective is shaped a lot by your, your life experiences. You're not just like born with this perspective to take opportunity. I think it has to do a lot with what you've experienced. For instance, if you know, you have a, I don't know, a brother, a sibling, a friend or, or someone who, you know, who's kind of like a mentor for you. And every time you see them like take that risk or take that next step, they succeed. Then of course you're going to be like, Oh, I, I mean, I can do that. You know, I see it all the time, like that kind of concept. But again, if you come from a, a background where, you know, you, you see people that try so hard to, to get out of their situation and no one does, and that's just all you've experienced, then how are you going to have the insider perspective to think like a lot of people just aren't going to think, Oh, I'm different. You know, that's just not like a normal thing. Like it's so, you know, I think that, that, that perspective to have, like see opportunity comes a lot from like how you've grown up and what you've experienced in life. No, I, I want to add to that. Cause I already kind of thought of that as well. Yes, um, the, oh, yeah. oh, okay. Am I another question? <laughs> Hold on. I need to answer. Everybody. Last thought. Last thought. Um, and it, the whole perspective thing as you grow up it does change depending on what you've experienced in life and, and all that but my question that is when in life are you able to detach yourself from like oh like I, this is how i grew up and this is where i grew up this is why i am who i am to now okay that's the past now i can like somehow it can you change your perspective forcefully without going through certain things does it make sense Okay. Well, luckily, your question goes in line with what I was going to say. With. Okay. So, like, uh, so, like, in terms of like how you break away from that, um, there's one quality that every child starts with is that the idea of questions, questioning things, and that's kind of where you break away. That's where you start to establish why people failed, and that is where you establish where your differences are. Now, the reason why people stop questioning things is because they're told not to, and, and that's kind of where a lot of people go wrong, is that this idea that, like, oh, we don't have, like, the necessary means to question everything. Why, why are we questioning stuff? We should just follow along with it. And I think in today's society, we're trying to like, you know, enforce that more. It's like this questioning aspect. It's like, you know, let's go back into where the perspectives are. It's like, if you're surrounded by everyone who failed, then you are not limited to that perspective. You begun to question why exactly they failed. And if you start to try to figure out like, oh, like this is why they failed or this is where they came from, this is what happened, then you start to establish solutions. So I think that's where you actually break away is that, you know, on that scale of opportunity and that perspective, there's something that every single person starts with is this idea of questioning the world around them. And we are people who, you know, see patterns or try to identify different things that we don't understand. And if we lose that, then we lose a lot of different things. So I do, I definitely do agree that, you know, if you are put into an environment where you lose that questioning aspect, then you are very limited. 
uh, but if you are in a place that it instead cultivates it, uh, as well as a place that you just kind of like, you don't want to let go. And like, it, it's a part of you and your questions are important to you. So you continue to ask, then that will lead you down to the, you know, differences that will let you build away from people who are, you know, stuck in their failures, uh, if I were to say, uh, if we're going on that perspective. So, you know, I, I definitely feel like that would be the best way as well for Andrew's question is um you know that's where you break away is like you start feeling your questions and if you lose that you can regain it again by asking more questions and trying to identify why were you so complacent in the first place and that's where you know we would probably want to give to the people in the uh, scenarios where they didn't have the opportunity to ask those questions like they were only surrounded by failures that's what they felt like and now let's ask have them ask more questions let's try to help them identify different things and then they'll find certain perspectives that wouldn't be available to them in sort of their you know environment because they start asking questions and breaking away from that well it's not you, normal uh, um, I'm gonna, Go for it. guys 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 real quick i'm gonna have <laughs> the podcast here because it's over time but we will continue another kind of deep conversation next time we do a podcast i think we could do this like another time again because this is super fun that's uh, super easy too to set right. up. We don't have to even meet up or together yeah, or stuff like that. We just go at it. <laughs> hey, Andrew. Yeah. I want to say something for the closing. Okay. Close it. Okay. For the for the people watching the video, if you didn't know if you didn't know to question things before, because we talked about how it's an excuse not to ask questions. No, now I now I think people who don't know to ask questions just won't. But now you do after watching this. So I want you to just go out there and ask everyone you know, anything you're curious about, using internet, whatever. Just get to learn how life works, how everything works. Hey, hey man, question us. So leave question your us. comments and questions down below <laughs> and make it for the next Fahez podcast. We're going to love to read those comments. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank oh, you. Yeah. Appreciate comments. it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. Um, if you guys have any questions, comment down below um, or hit me up on my email, which is apahes13 at gmail.com. I'll put everything down below in the description. But until next time, we'll see you guys. Peace out. <laughs>